Amen. Well, happy Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day today, and I'm, I'm thankful for this day. Look, if, if you're sitting with your mom right now in the same room, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look over at your mom, look her in the eye, and give her a really big wink, you know, like that big, big wink. You know, it's mostly appropriate to wink at your mom, I, I think. But, uh, but, but you know, um, now I want you to do something. I want you to look her in the eye after that wink and say, I love you right now. Okay, you know, that, those are important words to say to your mom, but you still have to go get her a gift, so uh, make sure you do that. But, uh, but, you know, before we get into God's Word today, I, I, I really want each of you to do something for me. Um, this week, uh, I will have my uh, first ever uh, virtual meeting with the IMB. Uh, I, I'm thankful to be one of the three people in Oklahoma that get to serve on, as a trustee for the International Mission Board. And um, our church is one of uh, many Southern Baptist churches around the world who partner together uh, through the cooperative program. And I, that's a term that, that you need to know because our church gives 6% of our budget every year to the cooperative program. And one of the things that the cooperative program does is it goes to support missionaries all over the world. And right now, we have 3,700 missionaries all over the world. Now, there's a website I want you to go to sometime today. Uh, and the web, I'm, I've asked them to put it up. It's imb.org forward slash 175. Now, this week, we are asking churches all over the world to, to begin 175 days of prayer for our missionaries. Now, the significance of 175 is this, that our Bab Southern Baptists have been around this year 175 years. Now, now it's, it's fascinating. It blows my mind. It's fascinating to think about that for 175 years, we have been sending missionaries all over the world. And as I have come on the IMB as a trustee, and as I've, as I've gotten to see our missionaries up close and personal, I have been convicted that our church needs to be praying. And so what I want to ask you to do is you to register. And, and, and what you'll do is you'll get uh, daily emails for the next 175 days uh, of specific prayers for our missionaries. And I really pray that you'll, you'll do that. So, so now here's what I want you to do. If you are willing to do that, I want you to look at somebody in your living room and say, I am willing to do that right now. If you're willing. Now, now you got to keep your word, okay? Now, if you're on Facebook, I don't see Facebook right now, but, but I want you to type, I'm in, if you're willing to do that right now. I hope, I hope you do, <laughs> because I want, want us to be in. But, um, but you know, when I think about my, um, my life, my history. Um, I have literally prayed for missionaries my entire life. Before I was even a Christian, uh, I was praying for missionaries because my mom, who, my mom and dad, my, my mom's brother, Clayton Hewlett, he went with the Foreign Mission Board or the International Mission Board of Southern Baptists. He went to Brazil a year before I was born. And so after I was born, growing up, we always prayed for Clayton, Lita, for Elizabeth, for Sarah, for Christina, for James. We, we always prayed for them, for Lita. Uh, we, we prayed for them my whole life. And, um, and I grew up every, all the time, praying for our missionaries. And, um, 
And, I, and I, I'm convicted as a church, we need to do that. Now, now, when I think about the missionaries, there are a lot of missionaries that are really special to me. Now, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm biased about one couple that are serving on the IMB uh, with us right now. And, and I'm biased to them because, probably because I really love their last name. Uh, their last name happens to be Wall, okay? Um, Josh and Millie Wall are, Josh is my nephew, and uh, they are serving right now as missionaries to North Africa and Middle Eastern people, but they serve in France, and, um, and they, are, they are reaching out to people that are lost, and I'm, I'm so proud of them. I'm so grateful that my, my nephew is on the field serving. Now, now uh, they have come back to the United States, and, and uh, they're on this furlough, and they're, uh, they've been uh, expanding their family. And right before the COVID crisis and craziness hit, um, they adopted a little boy, and uh, they adopted Wiley Wall. Doesn't that have a ring to it? Wiley Wall. I love that name. I love Wiley Wall. Um, but Wiley Wall has just been adopted into our family. And we are so thankful uh, for this blessing in our lives, in our family. And, and, uh, and we're going to be a part of Wiley's life for as long as we live. But, but yesterday, Millie, um, she made a post on Facebook. And, uh, and I wanted to read it today. I texted Josh and Millie this, this morning and said, look, I'm using your post today, so I hope it's okay. And they said, it's, it's fine. But, uh, but, but I want to read what Millie wrote on this Mother's Day because it, it spoke to my heart. And I think God has something for us today. But uh, just a few, uh, just the other day, Millie said this, this weekend will be my first Mother's Day as a mom. It is possible that for the rest of my life, this weekend will annually leave me floundering between complete joy and immense sorrow. But the idea of being stuck somewhere in the middle is not new for the believer. I can count on one hand, rejoice that Christ has defeated death while mourning the atrocities that plague this world because of sin. I can rejoice that two men are being brought to justice while grieving for Ahmad Arbery's mother today. And it's ultimately this Mother's Day and every other day I can bask in the joy that it is to be a mother to the God-ordained son I have been given while simultaneously weeping for the loss experienced by Wiley and his birth mom. Like I'm learning every day as a mother, this day is not about me. My prayer is that Wiley continues to know, continually knows the total elation we have in getting to love him as he grows up while also giving him room to grieve his birth circumstances and the devastating reality he will not get to celebrate with his birth mother. This weekend, I'm praying for every birth mother, adoptive mama, foster mom, mom of loss, those whose mothers have passed, and those who deeply desire to become mothers. Let's celebrate above all all, our, all of our emotions, and cling to the Lord as the giver and sustainer of life. You know, when I read that, 
I thought, what a, what a beautiful tribute to Mother's Day. And, and you know, we've been in the book of Samuel, and, and, and what a great journey it, it, it has been. And, and we're, we're, we, we've been looking at the life of David. And, and I want you to notice today that Jamie, my sister-in-law, she didn't read a passage from Samuel. She read Proverbs 31. So, you know, as, as I prayed through Mother's Day, I thought it would be good for us to stay in the story of David, but kind of do a little creative foreshadowing because we're still in the story of David, but we're going to kind of foreshadow and look at David's son, Solomon, and the book that he put together called Proverbs, because that's, that, that's fruit of David's life. And it's interesting how so much of the scriptures occupy the life of David and, and Solomon and the, and the people of God as it continues through David. And it's interesting uh, as, you, as you think about God's divine plan, you know, next week we're going to turn our face back to 2 Samuel and we're going to look at, at David and Bathsheba, which was Solomon's mom. And in this story, uh, it, it's, it's tragic, and it's a tragic start to the story of David's mother, or excuse me, Solomon's mother, the writer of Proverbs, the, the, the compiler of Proverbs. And, but, but in that story, in the story of David and all of his generations, uh, what you see is you see the story of God's grace. You see God's discipline at play. You see, you see this incredible hand of blessing of God on generation after generation. And so it's appropriate for us to kind of stop on Mother's Day and do this foreshadowing and, and look at Proverbs 31. Now, Proverbs 31, uh, this woman in Proverbs 31, she's been famous for 3,000 years. I mean, think about her. Oh my goodness. You know, if you're a um, if you're a, a woman who doesn't know the Lord and you're living in rebellion against God, the Proverbs 31 woman is haunting because it, it sets this, uh, this example of an unattainable life. But, but let me tell you, if you are a woman who knows the Lord and Christ has saved you and you, you, know, know, you know what it's like to be forgiven, you hear the, the, the words of the Proverbs 31 woman and, and in your heart you get this power of God that comes upon you. You get this, this sense of, uh, that's the goal. That's the, the path I want to live. And, and it's interesting as you, you think about this woman, the lost and the saved, confronted differently. For example, if you're a man in rebellion against God, you hear about the Proverbs 31 woman and you are intimidated. You're like, I, I, that, that is obviously and, and immediately a woman that comes to your mind. That's, she's out of my league. I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to talk to a woman like that. And that's what a lost man or a rebellious man, he, he confronts the Proverbs 31 woman and he's dead of sin. But if you know the Lord, if you're a man that knows Christ as your Savior, you hear about the Proverbs 31 woman and, and you're immediately driven to your knees saying, God, please give me a woman like that. If you are married to a Proverbs 31 woman, you are compelled to say, I must honor a woman like that. I must, I must do what I can to, to, to bless that woman and cherish that woman. And this is an important part of David's story. And when I think about Proverbs 31, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to put Proverbs 31.30 into practice. I want you to look at this verse, Proverbs 31, verse 30. It says this, 
Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. You see, God moves us to honor this, this kind of woman. And today on Mother's Day, that's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put this word into practice. God's the, the challenge of Solomon that he, that he compiled. He put this at the end of his book, at the end of Proverbs. And we're going to honor this woman. And when you think about Proverbs, it's interesting. It's an interesting book because the book begins with a dad telling his son to, to honor the, the, the woman wisdom. The, the, he use, it personifies wisdom. And it says, honor wisdom. And then this book ends with the Proverbs 31 woman, which is this embodiment of wisdom. And, and, I, and I love it. She's famous. I mean, when you look at the characteristics of this woman that's described in this, in this chapter, uh, she, she's obviously a saved woman. I mean, it's obviously that she's been transformed by, by the Lord, by God. She, she's a woman that doesn't just give lip service to God. She, she's a woman who, who puts God's word into practice. And, and we see this from the Old Testament and the New Testament, that, that this is a woman that, that puts God's word into practice. She's a woman not looking for the, the applause of man, but she's seeking the praise of God. And this is, a, this is who this woman is. She's, she's described as this, this example to us, and, and, this, and, she, and she's the standard. And when I think about this woman, a, a verse comes to my mind, Colossians 3.20. Flip over there real quick, Colossians 3.20, just for a second. Colossians 3, verse 20 says this. It says, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now think about Colossians 3.20. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And when I think about, uh, I'm struck by that word, everything. I was struck by that this week as I thought about the Proverbs 31 woman because, because this, this means that, that as a parent, a godly parent, children are to obey everything. And when I think about godly moms, godly moms are wiser than their children, aren't they? I mean, it's like, I don't know who the guy that said it, that, that, that as, as one man once put it, when we were 15, we, we thought our parents didn't know anything. But when we became 25, they got really smart really fast, right? And, uh, and, and we're to understand that godly moms, they're wiser than children. And today's a great day for us to reflect if, if you were raised by a godly mom to think about these lessons that godly moms have given us. Godly moms were given by God to, to guide and protect their children. And what today we get to benefit from, all of us, regardless of our upbringing, we get to benefit from the wisdom of God and this godly mother that, that imparts wisdom to us that, that is meant to protect us. And see, this is the brilliance of God. We all come from different backgrounds. Some of you are sitting here going, well, Chris, I didn't have a godly mother. Well, you have this example and this wisdom from this mother of God, this godly mother. If you put it into practice, you'll be protected. And let's listen to it. When I think about all of us, this, this mother, we, we've learned to obey our parents. You know, we've, we've learned to, to, to submit to authority in life, right? We've learned this. And, and, and who's the first person that taught us how to submit to authority? Mom. It's our moms that, that taught us how to submit to authority because we know there's always going to be a boss. There's always going to be a police officer or, or someone in authority in your life. 
And learning to respect authority and submit to, the, to authority is critical for all of us. And so today, let's turn our face to the Word of God and allow the, the Holy Spirit to, to use this Mother's Day to help us hear from the Lord and submit to His voice and turn to Him. Now, when you look at the big picture of Proverbs 31, this is a famous Proverbs. It's, it's a famous one. It's, it's well known. It's, it's Lemuel, the king, wrote it. Now, we don't know a lot about Lemuel. Uh, we don't know a lot about his life, but, but we know Solomon, when he heard this, that King Lemuel wrote, he was a king, and when he wrote this tribute to his mother, Solomon said, yes, that is how I will end the book of Proverbs for, for the history of God's people. And, and when you think about Proverbs, it's such a gift to us. It, it provides this wisdom all through history. And it's such a joy to, to be able to, to, to do this. Now, now uh, Lemuel, he was pretty creative in the way that he wrote it because um, the first nine verses, it, it, it recounts some advice. Let's look at it. Verse 1, Proverbs 31, verse 1, it says, The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. What are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to the one who is perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. Distress. Let them drink wine and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all those who are destitute. Open your mouth and judge righteously. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Now I want you to catch what, what verse two, I want you to look at this because what does is, what is Lemuel's mother say? What are you doing, my son? Son of my womb, what, what, what are you doing? What are you doing, son of my vows? When you look at this mom, you, you, you see this mother that the Lemuel's like, my mom's paying attention to the details. She's paying attention to what I do. And that's a good mom, right? A good mom pays attention to what you do. I think about my mother and, and how she corrected me from my grammar to my life. You know, I've watched my wife correct me and our children appropriately. And, and that's, that's important for us. And this is, what, this is what this Proverbs 31 woman is doing. And, and what she, what's the advice? Let's summarize it. There are four things she says in these first nine verses. Don't drink too much, Lemuel. That, that, that'll destroy you. We should hear this. I, I realize our heritage of Baptist, right? The Bible doesn't say thou shalt not drink. You wouldn't know that growing up in a Baptist church. But let me tell you something. It's wise to refrain. It is wise to do that. And that's what she's saying. Lemuel, don't drink too much. She says, be fair. Be fair, Lemuel. Uh, be fair with people. How many times did you hear that growing up from your mom? Be fair. That's not fair. Lead with integrity, she points him out in these first nine verses. Have integrity, Lemuel. What is integrity? It's, it's doing what's right even when nobody's looking. Haven't we learned that from godly moms? That do what's right. He, this challenge, he also says, Lemuel uh, was taught, pay attention to who you marry. You better marry well. 
Man, that is important. That is wisdom to make sure you marry well. Um, and this is the, the wisdom. Now, now in, we're going to go quickly through this, but, but when you think about this Proverbs, this famous Proverbs, 1 through 9, verses 1 through 9, uh, Lemuel he has some good advice, but verses 10 through 31, Lemuel gets very creative. Basically, in the original language, it's hard to see in English, but in the original language, what, what you see is Lemuel taking the Hebrew alphabet and he starts at the beginning, and he basically goes through the Hebrew version of the ABCs. And every letter, he articulates a character of his mother and this godly woman. Now, now for us, because I preach too long anyway, we're not going to go through the whole alphabet, A to Z. But we're going to go through A through H, okay? So, so if you want to write on your notes, and I hope you're taking notes. Look, we need to take notes. When God speaks, well, we got to remember these down. The, the, remember and write things down. I mean, my, my mom taught me that. My wife teaches me that. When I go to the grocery store, I'm like, hey, let me write it down so I don't forget. So let's look at this. The first thing you see, letter A, this Proverb 31 woman is a trusted bride. Now think about this. Look at verse, look at verse 10. An excellent wife who can find She's far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her. And he will have no lack of gain. She does him good, not harm, all the days of her life. When you think about this trusted bride, what do you see here? It's, it's, for me, I, as I prayed through this, I thought about this trusted bride in my life. I want to cherish her. You know, my mind immediately went to the, the speech I often give when I'm preaching a wedding. And we get to that normal part in the ceremony where we pass out the rings. And we give that ring. And I watched, I've watched hundreds of brides and grooms that are exchanged rings over the years. And, you know, I often say, hey, look at that ring. That's expensive. I mean, I found the receipt uh, for, Robin found the receipt to her wedding ring this week as we cleaned out stuff in our, in our house. And, and I thought, wow, I can't believe I spent that much money on that ring. I didn't have any money. And, uh, and, and, but you know what? That, that ring should have cost me. Now, the value of my wife is not that ring. That ring is a picture. It's a symbol. Now, when I think about the moment I picked out that ring for Robin, uh, I, I joyfully wrote that check and saved that money and bought that ring. Because, you know, when I see that ring on her finger, you know what I'm reminded? Not how much, how valuable that ring is. It's a reminder to me how valuable Robin is to me. And she's sitting right here. And I'm thankfully, she gets to come to church today, even though there's only like four seats in the whole auditorium. But I, I cherish this bride that God has given me. And, and, and you know, when I think about the, the trusted bride of a Proverbs 31 woman, for, for, for women that know the Lord, this is a goal for you in your life. For, for men who, are, who, are, who know Christ, we are to cherish the trusted bride God has given to us. Letter A, she's a trusted bride. But also look at um, uh, letter B. Uh, 
the Proverbs 31 woman, she, she's not only a trusted bride, but she has business sense, right? Uh, verse 13, she, she seeks wool, wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. This is a woman that uses her hands. She can use her hands. I mean, last night, it was a hilarious great night for us last night. Robin was, was painting a, a, a bench on our front porch. And, uh, and as, as this paint's going on, and, and uh, I looked at Maggie, I said, Maggie? That right there, she got paint on her hands. Uh, that, that's a Proverbs 31 woman. She uses her hands. And as, I, as we were getting the paint thinner and using it to get all the paint off her hands last night, I just couldn't help but look at my wife and go, wow, I love this woman, man. <laughs> Proverbs 31 woman. She uses her hands, it says. Proverbs 31 woman, she, she also uses her head. Look at verse 16. Um, uh, she's, she has business sense. She uses her head. She, she considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives her, that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and, and her hands hold the spindle. Look, this is a woman who has business sense. She's a hard worker. Let her be. She has business sense. Let her see. Look at this. She's compassionate. This is a Proverbs 31 woman. She has compassion. And, and look at verse 20. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hand to the needy. You know what came to my mind? As, as I read this about the Proverbs 31 woman, I, I thought about the women in our church. I mean, think about the mission. You know how the mission started, right? I mean, the mission is critical to the, to the ministry of our church. That was a group of ladies in our church who said to the men, get out of the way. Look, we're going to start this thing. And they opened it. Uh, and then the church got behind it. And, and I think about how women in the life of our church exemplified this Proverbs 31 uh, heartbeat. And now Kay Williams and Laura Gorell have led the way. And us men, we finally caught up. And, and now, look, just three miles from here, the mission is open weekly, serving people in our community. Folks, we have rubbed shoulders. We are rubbing shoulders with Proverbs 31 women. And I walk in the mission, and I see it staffed with ladies who are leading the way in our community, making masks for people and giving food to people. And, and, and I think about the younger Proverbs 31 women coming up. Uh, uh, Stacy Cuscio serving these senior adults all over. Folks, you see she opens her hand to the poor reaches out her hands to the needy. She's compassionate, letter, letter D. She's determined to persevere. Look, look at verse 21. She's not afraid of snow for her household. For all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. And her clothing is fine linen and purple. And when I look at this, this is a woman who's prepared for tough times. When you think about the Proverbs 31 woman, she's, she's ready for, for difficult circumstances. She recognizes there are enemies in the world. And, and that's true. 
I mean, I love this picture. She's not afraid of snow, it says. When it gets cold, it gets difficult. A Proverbs 31 woman is like, hey, I'm ready for tough times. You know, my mom, you know, she, she, she gave me pastor gold this week. I mean, it was golden for me. She sent me a picture. And, and I've, I've asked them to put it up uh, uh, on the screen. And I can't see it, so I hope it's up. But, uh, but, but there, there's a picture. And I want you to see this picture. It's, it's, it's a picture of a shovel, my mom's silhouette, and a dead snake. Is that awesome or what? My mom, she's going to kill me for this. But she is beautiful and is almost 86 years old. And I grew up, she lives in the same place I grew up, on land my family got in the land run of 1889. And it's in middle, the middle of Moore, Oklahoma, but yet all this, the creek's still there. And, and this snake comes out of the creek. And my mom, like a, like a champ, sees that snake going across the, the yard, and she's like, I got that. She got that shovel, and she took care of business, right? And... Uh, and, and I'll tell you, if you're a part of the, I did some research this week. If you're a part of this 0.004266 people in the world that like snakes, um, then, then you'll have to get over the dead snake, okay? Because here's what my mom was thinking. My mom sees that snake coming across the, the, the yard, and she thinks Genesis 3, yeah, Genesis 3, when, when, G, when God said to that serpent, hey, I'm going to crush your head. And, and then my mom goes, okay, it's time to be biblical and, and, and state a, a perfect example to the kingdom, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Let me show you about this. And she takes the shovel and goes boss on it and cuts, it and cuts its head off and makes that statement. Let me tell you something. Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, conquered the grave, defeated Satan, sin and death. Take that and one day I'm going to go to heaven and when the, the absent from the body is present with the Lord and Jesus has given us victory over all sin and death. That may have been a little dramatic, okay? Maybe. But my mom raised a preacher, by golly, and that's what I saw when my mom sent me a picture of that snake. Um, okay, I got a little excited. That was pretty fun. Um, and there's only four people in the crowd. I don't know if that was, that was fun, though. Um, godly moms are determined to persevere. And this is the Proverbs 31 woman. Letter E. What does the Proverbs 31 woman do? She enriches her husband. Look at, look at verse 23. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. What does a godly woman do? She enhances the reputation of her husband. A godly woman extends his influence, aids him in his responsibility. And, and you know, she enriches her husband. And when I think about if, if you, as a man, have a godly wife who has enriched you, cherish her, tell her, honor her. If, if you're striving to be a, a woman who's, a, who's a, a Proverbs 31 woman, work to enrich your husband, strengthen him. Let her E, she enriches her husband. Let her F, she's full of wisdom. 
This is a Proverbs 31 woman. Look at verse 24. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. You know, when you think about a Proverbs 31 woman, she's full of wisdom. And here's what I want to ask you to do today. You know, when you sit down for lunch at the dinner that your wife or the mom does not cook today, okay? Do not ask your wife to cook today. You know what I want to ask you to do? I want you to list the things that she taught you. Maybe your mom is with the Lord right now. And today you are in that moment like Millie described. You're in that moment of sorrow today. Let's turn that sorrow into joy by by articulating or, or listing the things that your mother taught you while she was with you. Because look, you know, when you when, so today at lunch, say out loud the things your mother did for you. Look your mom in the eye if you still have that opportunity and say, Mom, this is what you've done for me. Thank you. And I, I, there's joy in that because when you think about a mother, a godly mother is full of wisdom. So honor that service today in your life, even if it's just a memory of your mother that's gone with the Lord. Letter G, you know, letter E, letter F, she's full of wisdom. G, she grows a deep respect for her family. This is what a mother does, a godly mother does. Look look at verse, verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. You know, when you think about a Proverbs 31 woman, there's a growing respect for her family. And so as, as her children, bless her. Spend a lifetime blessing your mother. And, you know, a husband, what does he do? He praises her. You know, men, let's not. Let's break that habit. Let, let's stop this habit of, of, of trying to be funny. And using our wives as jokes, the butt of our jokes, let's, let's, let's speak life to them. I mean, I, I, I had to repent of that in my marriage because there are times I try to be funny. And there, there have been a couple of times that I, I've had the opportunity to get in front of people and, and, and I've, I've tried to be funny and I ended up dishonoring my wife. And I, and I know the feeling of having to look at my wife and say, I'm sorry. And I've committed and I've, I've done better since this moment of repentance where, where I had to look at her and, and repent of those actions. And I've, I've, I've committed for the rest of my days that when I have an opportunity to, to speak about my wife, that I would honor her, not demean her. Men, let's, let's repent of that. Let's, let's honor the wives that God has given us. You know what? Even if you don't know, you haven't met your wife yet. Maybe you're like my my son. He hadn't met his wife yet that we know of. And, And you know, the truth is, 
even before you're married, honor your wife by the way you treat other women and the way you treat ladies. Look, we are called as godly men to honor women. And let's not be men who take advantage and and dishonor other ladies. Look, let's honor our wives, even if you don't know them. I don't know if that's a word for somebody listening today. Man, let's, let's be godly men who honor ladies. Because a Proverbs 31 woman grows in respect for her husband. Uh, letter H, our last one today. Godly women, most importantly, they're honored by the Lord. And this is the Proverbs 31 woman. She's honored by the Lord. Look at, look at verse 30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Now, why do her works praise her? Because she's a woman with this godly perspective, this kingdom mindset. And this is, this is the, the example of a Proverbs 31 woman that we are to not only, um, not only understand, but we're to follow. We're to be people with a, with a kingdom mindset and, and a kingdom perspective. And, 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 and we're to recognize that, that, that we should honor our mothers. Not just because they've served us and loved us, but because God honors mothers. God honors this mother, and, and, and God has put in this book of wisdom. He, now think of the significance of this. God, in all his sovereignty, has put together his word. And in the book of wisdom, he ends the book of wisdom. His final chapter, his closing statement is, look at your mom. And honor her. Folks, like I said earlier, the Proverbs 31 woman, she's been famous for 3,000 years. And for those that don't know Christ, this is an intimidating woman. This is a woman that, 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 that we almost can't even face. And when you're in a state of rebellion, when you come across holiness, that's right. You, you realize you're wanting. You stand in need of, of you're standing in the presence of something that is bigger than you. But see, once you come to know our Savior, you, you, you see this woman and you're, you're compelled to the, by the power of God. You're compelled to, to this goal of life, of God, I want to honor you like this. I want to be like this. I want to I bless this. And, and my prayer for you today is that you recognize that it, as humanity, we, we all stand in need of a Savior. And this is the beauty of the Word of God, that, that, that this goal that God has put forth, this, these, these lessons, these people that, that we are, are to rub shoulders with, as we look at them, we, we need a Savior to accomplish this. We, we need a, a Savior to help us. And here's what God has done. He's taken you and I, who we read this and we think, I can't do it. And God says, you're right. You can't. But when I save you, Jesus says, when I come into your life, I give you power. 
I give you life, like Jesus says. You see, Satan wants us to, to think the enemy whose head was crushed, whose, whose life was defeated, whose, whose grip was released. This Satan who, who has a plan for you, like John 10.10, 10, the, the plan to steal from you, to kill you, and to destroy you. He wants you to think that this is not for you, that salvation is not for you. But, but, but I got to tell you, Jesus enters human history. And why did he come? He came to seek and to save the lost. So if you're watching today and you're lost, can I just say to you, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And if you'll come to him, if you'll turn to him, you know what's amazing? He will not turn you away. And by his power, he will save you and restore you and wash your sins away. And then what will happen? His Holy Spirit will indwell you and give you power. And then you will rub shoulders with people like the Proverbs 31 woman. And you will have this power to go, yes, Lord, it's you in me that accomplishes your will. In life, Jesus said, the thief comes, but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Aren't you tired of living life in your own power? Aren't you tired of trying to make your own way? And can I just convince you? Can I just persuade you the best I can to come to Jesus to turn to him and know life to the full. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. You know, if you're lost today, there's a number on the screen and there's a phone number and people will answer it right now. Uh, there, there's a, a website that you could fill out a form and we'll contact you. On this Mother's Day, this Mother's Day might be a day like, like Millie said, maybe it's full of joy for you. Maybe it's a day that's filled with sorrow for you. But can I tell you about Mother's Day, what it does? God intended this day to be, to help us see Jesus, help us see the hope that we have in Christ. And if you'll reach out, we'll help you. You, you realize that God has put us in Tulsa, in Owasso, in all these neighborhoods, broadcasting today, wherever you are, that, that he's put us in your life in front of you for a reason. Ah, oh, would you come to Jesus today? Lord, I thank you for this Proverb 31 woman. I thank you for the example that she continues to set for us. For 3,000 years, this woman has stood as an example. And it is my prayer today that your Holy Spirit would move and help us see you in the midst, in the face of this Proverbs 31 woman. Thank you, Lord, for my mom. I thank you for Mary Wall and that she led me to you, Lord. Thank you for this woman that taught me how to stand for you, taught me how to walk with you. Thank you for a woman that set an example for me 
And I thank you for bringing into my life a woman to marry just that's just like my mom, a Proverbs 31 woman. And may we as children and husbands honor our mothers. We love you. We need you. Speak to us now, Lord. And if there's somebody here that doesn't know you, would you give them the power and the strength and the urgency to reach out? Ah, oh, we love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.